In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and I'd like to thank our listeners for listening to us each week. And we do have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the show, let me tell you what this is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we have talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance, generational management, and business values, they may impact your organization or your individual career. So please download this series on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, or listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. And I'd like to invite you to connect with me. Please send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com, or connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Now, if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. Now, on to today's episode. Increasingly, young workers are pushing back. I mean, they expect and demand flexibility, benefits, latest technology, the ability to work remotely. They come in late, they leave early, and they make time for exercise or meditation. And all this is happening at the same time they're chatting on their phones, usually visit, using visual images on Instagram, Snapchat, and other social media. And in essence, what they're really doing is changing the workplace. They are reshaping everything we know and reshaping it for us. But the question is, are we ready to be reshaped and how will this happen? Although virtual workplaces are suited for some industries, they're not always suited for all of them. And it's still rare that companies know how to embrace these kind of changers. It's not just HR and company policies that are struggling with the changes. This generation itself is adjusting themselves to these changes. And we are seeing how we as older generations are dealing with it. I mean, I've seen myself with my staff who are work all remotely and they're all generation Z and I see them online and then I see them offline. They may be sending me emails at 11 o'clock at night. I don't know when I'm going to get things delivered, but they usually do deliver, but I just don't know when. But whatever it is, this can have a positive effect on all of us, but also can be very challenging And our expert today helps young people develop their talent, which ultimately helps him also relate to companies how to embrace the changes they are looking for while being able to continue to conduct business and develop a talent pool. Now, Miguel Gonsalves is an entrepreneur traveler and co-founder of Spark Agency, a consulting firm specializing in talent management. With a background in psychology and engineering, he's kind of a simple guy that loves marathons, alpism, and paintings. And over the past years, he's been developing something really, really interesting. It's called a pitch boot camp. It's a career acceleration program, program for students, and he has had more than 14,000 university students in 21 countries, and he's helped them to reshape the way they think about their own talent. In 2016, he published a book in Portuguese, O Macaro Grita Talent, a book that became the reference in career management in Portugal. And his mission is to build the world's leading career acceleration program. So, Miguel, welcome to the show. Hello, Kim. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Uh, so let's just let's just uh, start about what's going on today. I mean, we have four generations in the workplace. So how is that affecting everything? It's kind of, what do you think? 
Well, well, as you said uh, previously, this generation is quite strange and they are quite fast and they need feedback all the time, which makes which makes them organizations to be faster in the way they think and they integrate their knowledge. So wh when you say they, we have now at the moment four generations, this is quite unusual and also quite difficult, especially if you're talking about big multinational corporations, which are most of our customers. And what we are doing at the, what we are seeing at the moment within our customers is that there's a, a lot of hard times in, in order to make sure the communication flows because on one side you have people that are usually um, used to paper and they do email but not much more than that and then as you said on the other side you have people Instagramming all the time and Skyping all the time sending emails in very late hours sometimes not when you want them to do so and uh, what we what we are seeing here at least in Portugal is that um, the knowledge transfers are becoming very hard and very difficult and especially in big companies are developing internal programs in order to make uh, feedback more frequent because at least in Portugal and in Europe it's like this uh, so the The st while students are studying at the university, they, they have feedback all the time. Every week you have an exam or a test or a group work and teachers are giving you feedback all the time. And now, for instance, you join uh, a big corporation, they only have like performance review programs one time per year and young talent are getting insane and their bosses or their managers don't know how to be as fast giving them feedback as, as they want to. So th this is becoming a, a big is issue here and what I'm seeing from companies is the, the development of programs in order to allow first-line managers and many times C-level professionals too um, to help them get feedback more frequent and develop uh, communication tools to allow precisely performance reviews and feedback to become much faster. Mm -hmm. And isn't that, when you're talking about big big companies, okay, um, that, that's quite a big change for them because, as you said, they're used to quarterly um, reviews, maybe even, even yearly reviews. So... Are you seeing, as far as recruiting is coming, are you seeing um, this next generation, this generation Z, are they, are they migrating to big country, companies or are they migrating to certain industries more than others because of this? Yeah, for, uh, for a few years, especially the last years, people had this idea that young, young talents, uh, people fresh out of college were willing to join startups. And Portugal is ramping up at the moment in the, in the startup nation, if you want. We're going a big, um, a big way on the investment on startups. But what actually the data is showing is that uh, students still prefer... Uh, uh, big corporations because for them uh, it's a leverage for their future so they anticipate that by for instance joining a big consulting firm or a big FMCG or a retail company or investment banking they can spend there maybe one two years and then develop this full stack pack of, um, of skills and then uh, move on to different um, to, to different challenges and uh, as far as industries goes At least in Portugal, we run a big investigation uh, on business and tech students and uh, we try to understand which markets or industries they prefer and the first of, of them is communication and information technologies, so that's not somehow new. But mm -hmm. then on, on the second place, cars and transportation, then retail, energy and consulting. And uh, Uh, and the the thing is that students mainly prefer big companies at the moment, even understanding that if they join, they perhaps are not going to be too, uh, they, they are not going to have a big impact on the companies, but still they are willing to do so because they assume it's a, a leveraging for their, for their futures. So okay. if I spend like, um, imagine one year working at L'Oreal or Nestlé or uh, UI or Deloitte, uh, they anticipate that 
this is going to be a good track record for future employees to to get to know them better. Okay, so so with with these industries, is is one like more appealing than the other? Do you think? The thing is, this generation for me looks a little bit like paradoxical. So, for instance, uh, students are uh, they have like this love and hate. Uh, uh, relations with companies, so which is very strange. For instance, uh, um, Deloitte, for instance, in Portugal, is one of the top five uh, uh, most preferred companies. But at the same time, they are not willing to to join on consultancy agencies, mm-hmm. which is rather strange. But uh, for instance, this year, cars and transportation became the the second preferred industry, which is. Also interesting and new, and I assume that has something to do with Tesla, perhaps, because uh, most of, of the, um, the students that answer this investigation we do are from a um, STEM background. So perhaps they anticipate that Tesla is like this super innovative company with amazing engineering. And perhaps when you say you, you think of Tesla, at least in Portugal, BMW also opened a big, big, uh, a new company to develop the um, the future of cars, specifically from Portugal. So this is making quite an impact, at least in our country. So students are assuming that this is a, a cutting edge industry and a frontier industry. So they anticipate, I assume, that these are places where their talent is going to grow very fast. Mm-hmm. And and I mean something like when you say Tesla, I kind of it's kind of a sexy, you know, uh, industry uh, company. What so you know other companies are not as sexy. So how would how, what what are these young people looking for when they go to a company? Well, uh, uh, at least in Portugal, um, in this study, and also at Beach Bootcamp, we try to understand what drives this young talent, and you can think of of this in on the short term and on the long term. So on the short term, students are going for the development of skills. Mm-hmm. And that's their primary goal and the most paramount thing they want to achieve, to make sure. So they are willing to sacrifice perhaps the work-life balance in order to develop their skills. That's the, the most important thing to them. And perhaps that's also the reason why, at least here, our turnover and attrition rates among millennials is increasing. So at the mm-hmm. moment, in big corporations, you have like something like 20, 25, sometimes 40% turnover on the first year among, uh, among uh, recent grads because they are not willing to join a corporation for 5, 10 or more years. They're mm-hmm. just one willing to stay there for, imagine, 12 months, 18 months, uh, learn as much as they can, as fast as they can, and then move to another market, to another company, do precisely the same. And for the first three, four, five years, they jump between maybe five, six, ten, com- five, six companies. Mm-hmm. And that, but that's quite hard for companies, though, to deal with. Are you seeing that with the companies you deal with? I mean, this turnover. I mean, forty, forty percent. That's that's quite high. It is, and, and many of the times our customers. Uh, try when we start to work with 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 a new customer, for instance, they try to to tell us something like, um, "Well, Miguel, how can we low this turnover down?" And what I usually say to them is, "Perhaps that's not the right approach. Instead of trying to lower your turnover ratio, perhaps you need to." work with this turnover ratio in the future. So mm-hmm. instead of trying to to load the turnover, you should develop the mechanisms and the agility you need to very fast integrate young student or young professionals, make sure they are they when they are there they're productive every single day and then before they leave make sure that they leave all the documentation you need. So when a new one comes in you can train them very fast and don't mm-hmm. lose money or productivity between these changes. Yeah. And and that's, we're going to take a short break, Miguel. And when, when we come back, that's what I want to talk about, okay? I want to talk about, you know, how, how do you get them to stick? Or, you know, how do you live okay. with this 40%, okay? For our listeners, we are speaking with Miguel 
Gonsalves. He's an entrepreneur, traveler, and co-founder of Spark Agency, a consulting firm specializing in talent management. And over the past years, he's been developing a pitch boot camp, which is a career acceleration program that's helped over 14,000 university students in 21 companies, countries to reshape the way they think about their talent. But it's also helped companies understand how to embrace this new generation of talent. And if you'd like to reach him, you can go on Miguel at Spark Agency PT or on LinkedIn under Miguel Gonsalves at Spark Agency and on his website, www.sparkagency.pt. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, leadership and business expert. You can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. And with that, we're going to take a short break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Every day in business, we hear jargon, see writing from so-called experts, and don't know what we should follow and what we should avoid. Now, there's a program to sort everything out. The 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman is the program that provides actual best practices, insights, and real-world solutions that help business executives, technology executives, managers, and staff using straightforward talk. Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The Leadership Leap with Leanne Pico showcases leadership coaches, authors, and experts, as well as experienced leaders from around the world so that you can learn how to become the kind of leader you most want to be. We also talk about how organizations can get better at elevating women and preparing them for leadership positions that go all the way up. The Leadership Leap is broadcast live every Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Take the leap into leadership with Leanne Pico. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. And today we are speaking with Miguel Gonzalez. He's an entrepreneur, traveler, and co-founder of Spark Agency, a consulting firm specializing in talent management. Now, Miguel, before we took the break, um, we're talking about this turnover, which I was quite surprised in this generation. 40% seems quite high. So um, how once you get them in the door, you can either live with that turnover or you can try to do things that make them stick. So what is this generation looking for when they go to a company? Okay, so... Especially for them, the, the most important thing is the skills leverage. So whatever companies are doing to empower their knowledge and empower their learning path and careers, that's going to, for sure, increase the satisfaction they have one, uh, when they're on, at the company. But the thing is, uh, even with um, the, the very high uh, turnover ratio at the moment, it's not about the companies. So you could be like this amazing company with all pro- with many programs and frameworks and tools and mechanisms to retain this kind of, of graduates. But the thing is, they, they will still want to leave. They will mm-hmm. still... Perhaps 10 years ago, people used to leave when they had bad experiences. Now they leave when they have good experiences. So if this is very good, perhaps out there, there's something even better. So it's the 
you know the, the, the expression FOMO, the fear of missing out. So I, I think that uh, so the, the, the behaviors we have on social networks and social media is coming back to offline media uh, lives. So the same way that they, they want to be on the phone and the computer and TV and many screens all, uh, at the same time, uh, they fear that if they spend too much time within a specific organization, something out there will be lost and gone forever. So they want to move, even if the experience is amazing. But what I'm seeing with, um, with a, what we are doing with many customers is trying to help them specifically. Uh, while the, the, this, this population is there, how do you expand and maximize their productivity and also their learning? Because if they leave, they, you want them to, to take a, a good experience from this company. Mm-hmm. So one thing I, I, I suggest companies that they have the, uh, the, big, the bigger the talent pool, the better they'll be. So perhaps some years ago, you used to hire for specific uh, uh, roles. But now what we are doing and what we are seeing with different companies is that the talent pool is always open and you have to keep on interviewing people every single week. So instead of recruiting or interviewing people or flirting with people on LinkedIn for specific roles, you have to flirt with people and interview people and try to recruit people all year long every single week. So perhaps some companies are... um, what perhaps some companies need to do is what we are seeing some com- some customers of ours doing is expand the size of the HR team in order to interview more candidates. Mm-hmm. Another thing, another thing is, uh, I recommend that companies create the commentation uh, um, mechanisms. So in order to make sure that once one of these guys leaves the the work they've done is completely documented and the tools they use then how they used to solve problems is not a, a secret so whenever somebody new comes in i can check documentation and very fast very easily i can understand what's being what what was going on so imagine like the tools you have on software development where some guys write code and some guys document the code so it should be something precisely like this. And we are seeing quite very interesting results with this kind of strategy. And uh, one thing companies really need to do is they must reshape the, the, the feedback models they used to have. So you cannot mm-hmm. give performance reviews or behavioral reviews to these guys like once a month. It's not enough. And this means that first line managers and perhaps people with I don't know maybe 30 something or 40 50 or 60 mm-hmm. that that have sometimes many uh, autocratic behaviors as you know mm-hmm. because some big companies behave themselves like monarchies so mm-hmm. <laughs> you can no longer be the king or the aristocrat so you have to explain your options and especially make sure they understand what you mean. So those kinds of autocratic behaviors when you used to say people what they need to do and they used to do it, nowadays it doesn't work. These guys need to understand and especially they want to learn. So if I want to learn, I have to understand your your mental models. What are you thinking on and what were the references you had to take that kind of decision? And for a lot of people, this is a problem because mm-hmm. they used to tell people, just do this, yeah. and, mm-hmm. they, and they used to do it. But nowadays, it doesn't fly. These guys mm-hmm. want to understand why and how. So, so as, a, as, a, as a manager and managing them, um, you're talking about this constant feedback. And just, just to understand what they're looking for, for, for our leaders out there. So they're looking to, through this feedback, they're looking to develop their skills or are they looking for, for rewards and results? What are they looking for through this feedback? So, so on, I think this is like the, for the first three, four, especially three, five years. But but usually mainly the the first three years it's the the cha- the the skills development so it's very frequent frequent these students or fresh graduates they don't know yet what they want to do with their lives so they assume that the stronger they are 
the more broad can be the, the, the fields and the markets they can work with. So continuously developing their skills, they want flexibility, meaning that sometimes I want, as you said, I want to work at night. Sometimes I want to work in the morning. Sometimes I don't want to work at all. And that's a problem for big, especially big organizations. But they also want to feel intellectually challenged. So mm-hmm. you have to give them constant brain work, not just arms. So they must feel like they're thinking and producing cognitive and intellectual uh, um, uh, work, but they also want to be rewarded by, by their merit. So they, they, they don't want to work in very, at least that's the feedback I have, they don't want to work in very political and um, nuanced organizations. They 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 want they like and they prefer, for instance, uh, uh, like the consultancy uh, um, companies model. So you have to you know from scratch from the beginning what's the path, what you have to do, how long will it take to do it, what are the KPIs your managers expect from you, and these kind of uh, of items. It, it's at least what I'm, I'm seeing. They want to they 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 go for. So they they want to know what's the path for growth. Mm-hmm. So how when when you talk about this concept of feedback because I think this is a really interesting. Um, are you talking about more formal or informal? So so you know we we have a project or an idea we're working on. Um, we communicate that. And is it more formal feedback or is it, you know, constant of how you're doing and where are you at? Um, what kind of feedback do you see? I, I, w- I would say it's both formal mm-hmm. and informal. So uh, for many years, as you know, companies used to have like the, the survey they used to do to measure satisfaction and the temperature of the teams. And one time a year, they also used to do like the performance review surveys. But uh, what they're expecting now is ongoing feedback every single day, every single week. And this can be informal. So my manager or my colleagues, they tell me what's all right and what's not, what's good and what's not. But they also want structural feedback. So for them to understand how can I move faster or better. So I would say both. Especially from the leadership, they they expect ongoing feedback and enthusiasm and clarity in goal setting. So mm-hmm. this is very important for them as well. So feedback is not just saying you were good or you were not. Mm-hmm. It's also about clarity. So the goals were strictly designed and were very easy to understand. And either I did them or I did not. And if for some for some reason I, I didn't achieve, I expect that my manager tells me what could I have done in order to become better or do the thing better. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so that that clarity is really important to them. And I, I, I and when you're talking about wanting this constant feedback, and then you talk about wanting to work and not work, this work-life balance, okay? Um, How do you fit that all in? I mean, it's nice to say today I want to work or today I don't, or it's nice to send emails at 11 o'clock at night, but sometimes it's not considered what we may consider appropriate. How how do you deal with that work-life balance issue with them? Well, well, the thing is, I'm sure you know a lot of 20s, two, mm-hmm. three, four, five-year-old yep. kids. And the thing is, they are very, at least that's my perspective, they are very paradoxical. Mm-hmm. So uh, I they think they, they, they didn't still understand that they can have it all in life, but not all at the same time. So okay. if you want to be sea level at, uh, when you're 40, you cannot do it when you're 20. If you want to have some stability and work-life balance at 30-something or 40, you cannot have it at 20. So mm-hmm. I, I think that many times life is fair, our expectations are not. So mm-hmm. I see these guys enrolling the job market with a lot of unrealistic expectations. So they want to become amazing professionals. They want to spend time with friends, with family. They want to surf and they want to go out with their girlfriend. And and perhaps companies have also a, a responsibility on this because at least in Portugal, the engineering arena is becoming super crowded. So mm-hmm. we have 
this is true. We have a lot of amazing engineers coming out of colleges. But the thing is, we we have much, much, much more job opportunities than engineers to fulfill them. And mm-hmm. so this makes companies sometimes oversell. Mm-hmm. So companies go to universities and they make a lot of promises that many times actually they cannot keep. But nevertheless, students buy them. So when I enroll your organization, I want to have fun. I want to have close contact with the CEO. I want to have feedback all the time. I want to work with stuff I really am passionate and about and really love. But after one month, two months, three months, they start to understand that, well, you cannot have it all. Or perhaps you can have it all, but not at the same time. I think this is something that reality helps everybody to understand. It doesn't matter if you're 25 or 45. So Mm -hmm. uh, what I'm seeing is that perhaps after six, 12 months, they already understand that I have to make trade-offs. So if I spend more time with my family and my friends, I won't have enough time for my job. If I'm not spending too much time in my job, perhaps I don't develop the skills and I'm not going to earn the money I need to keep on living well with my family and friends. yeah, something must fall. I think. Yeah, you can't you can't have your cake and eat it too, as they say sometimes. But um, yeah. but how how you know you talked about closeness, okay? And you talk closeness with the CEO. And what what I'm seeing also is, um, you know, really this whole environment has has changed as far as I, I want to almost say more casual. Okay, um, casual relationships. Yeah. Do you do you see their their expectations and their impact? Um, do you see that changing this the relationships within the organization themselves yeah. now? Yeah, completely. For so, for instance, at, in Portugal, the the big five, as you know, KPMG, Y, yep. Price, Deloitte, and Accenture. For instance, at the moment in Portugal, Deloitte, Accenture, and UI, they don't use ties anymore. Mm-hmm. So they still do suits, but they don't use they don't do ties unless they're uh, at the customer. So this was a change. I assume they did in order to become a little bit not necessarily more attractive, like to story tell, but in order to when y- young people come inside the organization, they feel a little bit, a little bit perhaps more relaxed. And, and and the thing is, for this generation, work life balance is not only about the the time you go in the company and what time you leave. It's also about the opportunity I have to be myself within the company. So to mm-hmm. have a voice, to dress like within boundaries, of course, but to dress like how I feel uh, comfortable or to work where I feel comfortable. For instance, uh, in Portugal at UI, those guys don't do uh, ties and they don't have um, fixed uh, desks, so mm-hmm. every co-worker can choose where they work, and this is quite recent, and I'm sure it has something to do with these new generations, because uh, kids are used to, at university, they sit and they study wherever they feel comfortable, they assume that in the companies they can do the same, or they should do the same. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, th- with that, with that, we're going to take a short break, Miguel. And when we come back, I want to drill down on a little bit more, and I want to talk about what you started to say about you know you can't have everything all at once because some of the things I see is, um, or or some of the feedback I get from HR managers that I work with, etc., are these guys are entitled because they don't want to do little tasks. Okay. Um, and I'd like to hear your opinion on that when we get back from our break. Okay, mm-hmm. and for our our listeners, we are talking with Miguel Gonzalez, and he's an entrepreneur, traveler, and co-founder of Spark Agency, a consulting firm specializing in talent management. And he has developed what's called a Pitch Boot Camp, which is a career acceleration program that's helped more than 14,000 university students in 21 countries. And it also helps companies understand what this new generation wants. Now, if you'd like to reach out to Miguel, you can reach out to him at Miguel at sparkagency.pt. He's also on LinkedIn under Miguel 
Gonsalves at Spark Agency. And please go to the website. It is www.sparkagency.pt. And I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, leadership and business expert. You can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. This show is also brought to you by Cinda, one of Europe's most extensive digital and marketing local search nonprofit associations. For more information on Cinda, please go to www.cinda.org. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Tired of the get rich quick or how to flip home shows? Are you ready to step up your game and invest in commercial real estate? James Nelson, a top New York City broker, will show you step-by-step how to acquire, operate, and profit. You'll also hear from real estate legends on how they made their fortunes and industry experts on strategies for success. Tune into Real Estate Investing, live from New York, on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Business. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders, and today we're speaking with Miguel Gonzalez. He's an entrepreneur, traveler, and co-founder of Spark Agency. It's a consulting firm specializing in talent management. And Miguel is really an expert at this about this new generation coming into our workforce today. Now, Miguel, we've kind of talked about their expectations. I want to I want to go back onto something you said in, in the a, a little while ago. Um, and you can't have everything at once because I've heard from HR uh, people, I've heard from managers, you know, oh, my gosh, this generation is so entitled. They don't want to do the little tasks, okay? They want to go directly up to the, the big tasks, okay, or, you know, the big jobs. What What's your feeling on that? Do you have any experience on that? Well, uh, my experience is uh, tell me that if you explain why the tasks are relevant to the team or to themselves, they will do it. So perhaps uh, HR managers and managers uh, need to explain these these fresh graduates and young people uh, to understand why they need to do that kind of job. Perhaps if they want to manage someday, they have to start from the scratch, from below the pyramid and move their way to the top. And if you have this kind of approach, uh, uh, at least... From what I see in my team, they really like to do it, but they need to know when they are going to stop doing it. If they are going to do like this um, low innovation or low uh, differentiation job, they, my suggestion should be explain them how this is relevant to their own careers and to the team they're working with, and then help them understand when will they finish 
when will they start doing a different thing. So if you give them these kinds of tasks for long periods of time, that for sure you're going to lose them, they will move on. Mm-hmm. But the, the other thing is the, this generation is really passionate about doing stuff they love. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and and this goes back to goes back to goes back to the idea that I told you that companies go to university many times saying you should follow your dreams, you should follow your passions, you should follow the stuff you love, and then they buy it. And once they get to the company, they see well, I'm not liking it. I'm here for five, six, ten weeks. This is not my dream job. I don't like it. I move. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Perhaps you can let them spend like 60 or 70% of the time doing doing these kinds of tasks and either you give them 20, 30% of innovation time off. For instance, that's something we do with some of our com- clients. We do ITO programs, which is innovation time off programs, we, which is an idea we got from Google, the 80, 20% yep. uh, time. And this works very, very good with with young millennials. So mm-hmm. you work like 70 or 80 or sometimes 90% of your time and you, then you have an afternoon or a day per week to do really uh, cutting edge things or very exploratory things or really imaginative things. Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing you say is really, they don't mind doing these tasks and it comes back to the feedback, doesn't it, Miguel? It comes back to, you know, if I explain to you why you have to do this and I'm giving you feedback along the way, then then they don't have a problem doing it. And then if you you combine that with some of this, you know, making sure that they can intellectually be challenged with innovation and some other product projects, then you can balance that off and maybe their commitment to that company will be a little bit longer, still assuming they're eventually going to move. Okay? Um, so what if you were going into a company and, and, you know, they said, look, we have this, you know, problem, what would be the first things that you told a company to do, to look at, to, to help them attract this talent and, and nurture this talent and maybe keep this talent? As you, as you know, this must be a top-down movement. So mm-hmm. you, you have to have the buy-in from the, from the CEO or country manager or whatever and their C-levels and their D-levels. So HR director and marketing and operations and CTO, C, CIO, whatever, these guys need to be aligned at least in what comes to, in what respects to how relevant is the this young generation within our company. And if it's really relevant, they should change. And the first thing I, I from the scratch, I would suggest is you should train your 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 high level people to on feedback and mentoring and coaching so mm-hmm. first of all you, you should try to let them understand how what's the drivers of this generation in order to don't assume they are spoiled or brats or they are kids big big kids so mm-hmm. it's more interesting for people to understand why do they think the way they think instead of starting to make uh, uh, assumptions before mm-hmm. they get to meet them and the, f- the second thing would be to train themselves in order to give better feedback and in order to explain the decisions and in order to listen to people because these guys really want to be listened they they want to learn that's true but they also want their ideas to matter to count so if I'm working within my team I'm going to present my ideas to my manager and if if he does, doesn't listen to my ideas, I will start to feel disengaged. That's what I'm, I'm seeing with these young guys. And, and, and that's why, I, at least in our company, what we do is we're a very democratic company. And every day, the day starts the same. So we have this situation point within 20, 25 minutes where everybody speaks on, about what they're doing, how they're doing it, what kind of help do they need. And this was an idea we specially designed and developed in order to lower the anxiety because many of these kids, they are really smart, they really mm-hmm. want to work a lot, but you have to give them directions. That's what they expect, expect on their managers. Just help me manage priorities. Mm-hmm. Well, that brings me. So they expect that to managers. What kind of leadership um, do you think are they looking for? 
So I mean, the things the, the things that the, the the our studies show is that they're from a leaders they expect first of all ongoing feedback then enthusiasm and motivation number 3 they expect clarity in goal setting they want them to be somehow visionary and have close relations so why not after work have a drink with everybody from that team this is something they really expect from them so they expect them to be smart they expect them to be ch- that they cherish them their opinions count and I shouldn't, I shouldn't be able to, to speak with my man, manager just over email because he's actually not working on my floor. He's mm-hmm. on the 25th and I'm on the bottom. So they want to be close to the managers, to the leaders. Mm-hmm. And, and how do you, a question that always pops into my mind with this is how do you manage that in a virtual environment? Because so many of these teams are virtual, okay? Um how, what are they expecting from a virtual environment as far as management and leadership? Mm. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've, I've yeah. never thought of that. Mm. Uh, but, 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 but I assume that the intangible things perhaps should be the same, meaning that closeness or empathy or proximity is not perhaps uh, related to physical uh, proximity. So I can be close with somebody even... 2,000 miles away and I can be far from somebody that's working just in front of my desk. So perhaps it Mm. doesn't matter if you are remote working, but perhaps it's the same. So they want to feel support. They want to believe their manager is somebody with a vision and that nurtures and cherishes them and gives them feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think you're right on that. I mean, I think about my team is entirely virtual, and um, and you're right. The communication and the behaviors should be the same, rather than if they're sitting next to you or they're, you know, um, thousand kilometers away. So I think that's a good point. Um, I mean, many of these these many of these young people are never even going to see an office at some point. Um, how do you think they? Do they feel about that? Do they are they looking for more virtual jobs, or are they really looking for that communication in the office? You know, physical. Mm, I don't know. I mm. I, I don't yeah. have any. Yeah. At the moment, I don't have any data on that. Mm-hmm. At mm-hmm. least, for instance, if you are, let me then, from my example, for instance, if you are an an informatic engineer, or if for instance, if you're a coder or developer. I assume that, for instance, there's a lot of roles that they can be performed remote, remotely. But mm-hmm. from many, of, from the vast majority of of the fields, I assume that's not going to be a, a possibility. Yeah. A possibility, especially if what they want is to learn and the companies to become trampolines. I, I assume that you're going to learn much more when when you're within the teams, working with the managers, working with your colleagues, because that way you can have behavioral and technical feedback, not just technical. Mm -hmm. uh, There you can see people working, and once you're there working with them, their feedback is going to be much more precise and acute, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I don't have any data on that, sorry. No, no, that's all right. It's interesting to think about, though. Um, Miguel, one... uh, um, you were getting towards the end of a show, and I have a question. On we talked about the industries that they're attracted to, and the consulting, and what about the legacy industries? Okay, um, and I'm not talking about like the sexy end of internet and telecommunications. I'm talking about you know really legacy industries such as you know um, telecommunications, maybe steel, those kind of things. How, how can these industries? attract this new generation? Well, for instance, in Portugal, there's two specific um, markets that for the last many years were not sexy enough, which were banking and insurance. So I I don't know if this was because of the 2008 crash and the subsequent uh, banking crashes we, we had in Portugal, because over the last maybe 10 years, we had like five or six huge banking bailouts. Like the, the market has these really very 
this really yeah. bad reputation. But over the last two years, banking and insurance has become uh, progressively a little bit more attractive. And I, I assume that either if you're an FMCG company or a consulting company mm. or a bank or a, a, a conservative or and legacy industry, I, I think it should be the the same frameworks or, or ideas. So you should communicate your value proposition online very effectively. Effectively, you should gather your coworkers to also post con- content online because it's social validation and it doesn't matter what your company says about themselves. It matters what coworkers say about themselves, about the company. That's really mm-hmm. important. And I, I assume that's also very important to be inside the university's as much as you can. So in Portugal at the moment, for instance, we have ambassadors program, which is uh, some companies have students that represent them on campuses. You have teaching and master thesis with companies. So you see a lot of companies investing time from uh, yeah. uh, from very senior professionals to go to universities and lecture uh, students themselves. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume this would work. It doesn't matter if you're a bank or if you're a, a company like Google or yeah. Tesla or yeah. Uber yeah. or whatever. Well, I, I think that I think that's great advice, um, Gail. And I, I hope for our listeners, um, you know, what I'm taken back from this conversation is feedback, feedback, feedback. That is really one of the things. And and um, you know, it, you're right. I think the framework. It doesn't matter if you're in. You know, in banking or in Google or in insurance, you know, just follow the same guidelines to try to attract this talent. So, Miguel, we're getting towards the end. I wanted to thank you so very much for all this information. And um, I'm going to urge our listeners to reach out to you. And you can reach out to Miguel on www.sparkagencypt or on Miguel at Spark Agency PT or on LinkedIn under Miguel... Miguel Gonsalves and once again Miguel's company Spark Agency has been helping more than 14,000 university students in 21 countries to reshape the way they think about their own talent but also at the same time helping companies understand what this generation is looking for as they enter the workforce. So Miguel thank you so much for taking the time today Thank you so much, Kimberly. It was an honor. I hope this was okay for your audience. And uh, it was an honor. Thank you so much. It was really great, great and very, very interesting. And for our listeners, I'm Kimberly Lewis, leadership and business expert. You can contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group, Leadership Beyond Borders, or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And this show is also brought to you by Cinda, one of Europe's most extensive digital marketing local search nonprofit associations. For membership, please go to www.cinda.net. And actually, Miguel did talk at our conference in Lisbon, and he you can look for him under Cinda YouTube station and see his presentation also. And please connect with me, and please listen every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Tune in to us live, and if you can't make the live, then please go to Stitcher, Google Play, or iTunes and download us afterwards. And with that, I am... Thanking everybody for listening this week, and please tune in to us again next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.